The media has declared Joe Biden the winner, but Donald Trump says he's not going down without a fight. Pfizer has announced a vaccine that's 90% effective. Hmm, interesting timing on that announcement. And journalists are no longer afraid to show their soft side as they break down crying talking about a Biden presidency. We've got that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Hey there, welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy filling in for Sarah Gonzalez. She is still out enjoying her maternity leave, but she is updating her social media so you can check with her, get all of her thoughts on what's going on in the world. And I'm also at the table today with two people to help us make sense of just the roller coaster that we've been on for the past week, starting with Mr. Glenn Beck, mm -hmm. host of the Glenn Beck program. Thanks for being here. And Mr. Eric July, host of For Canon's Sake and our Blaze TV contributor. Thanks Thank for you. being here. All right, if anybody was hoping for a, a peaceful, stress-free weekend, uh, we didn't get it. But uh, President Trump did fire back at the media after they declared Joe Biden the president-elect. Um, he vowed on Saturday to continue challenging the outcome of the election in the court system, um, even as Joe Biden was declared the president-elect. He, uh, he said the simple fact is the election is far from over. Um, the election experts, however, have said there's no evidence proving widespread voter fraud, um, not on the grand scale that would allow Trump to overcome his deficits in states like Michigan. Um, but Jenna Ellis, the senior legal advisor to Trump's campaign, claimed that the media are ignoring the rule of law by declaring Biden a winner. And here's just a short clip of Biden's victory speech. I pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but unify who doesn't see red states and blue states, only sees the United States. And work with all my heart, with the confidence of the whole people, to win the confidence of all of you. And for that is what America, I believe, is about. It's about people. And that's what our administration will be all about. <laughs> All right. It's like he's drunk. I, it really is. He's like, and and for to which that is where we're going, people. <laughs> it's like now. I I want to. Well, I'll start with him first. Mm -hmm. Do you think that he really means it when he says that he wants to try I to unify think the country? This is why he was elected. I think he probably believes that he's going to be a unifier, but he's not going to be the president for very long. He's not in charge of his own faculties, let alone uh, the United States government. Um, you watch. He will not last long in office. Um, and he is going downhill rapidly. So I think he might believe that. Um, however, in the same speech, they were tearing apart 70 million Americans. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kamala Harris is not a uniter. I mean, she, there was a reason she came in dead last in the primaries with Democrats. She she's not really a unifying figure. So there's a lot of people really hoping and praying that Donald Trump still has a chance to win. If all of the court cases that he and his team are filing go through, mm -hmm. do you think that there's still yes. a chance that he can win? Okay. I do. I don't think it's a very good chance because uh, everything would have to turn out just right in the right states. But Pennsylvania in particular is really disturbing. Um, there, there was too many things that were going on. I was just reading before we went on the air what the U.S. State Department said about the Ukraine uh, when they had voter fraud. And they said the problem was 
there was mishandling and misuse of uh, absentee ballots, or, or uh, what do we call them here? Not absentee, but uh, the other kind of ballots. And our mail-in. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. the mail-in ballots. Uh, they said that uh, uh, observers were told to leave the room while ballot counting was happening. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a clear story. The thing that is interesting to me is the number of ballots that uh, went through after 8 p.m. Sam Alito's came out on Saturday afternoon. He should not have been declared a winner until this is resolved. Um, Sam Alito said, uh, you know, you can't count ballots after 8 p.m. And there were a lot of ballots. So separate all of those ballots because they have to be thrown out. We don't know the number of that. There's also reports uh, that the um, county commissioners were told by Secretary of State, I believe, that they can fill out the rest of absentee ballots where it comes to the witness. If the witness doesn't put in their address, it's kicked out. Well, the Secretary of State issued a memo, said, oh, you can fill that out. You know, go ahead and find that if somebody didn't finish it, you can do that. Well, that's against the law. Secretary of State can't say that. That's against the law. So all of those ballots would have to be thrown out as well. There's a there's enough in a couple of states to where it could change the uh, the outcome. It may not. A lot of people are really holding out hope for that. Um Eric, I want to know, what do you think a Biden presidency will look like for the United States? Well, I'm not as grim as a lot of people are. I've stated it on the show many different times just because I feel like the anti-government Republicans will start coming back, hopefully, um, considering that he will be the president if everything goes according to his plan. Now, the thing with me and a Joe Biden presidency Obviously, you have to look at what comes behind him more than anything. It's, it's less about Joe Biden. It's more about the, uh, the Kamala. Hell, let's call her that. <laughs> uh, Harris is of, uh, of, the, of the world, as well as the AOCs of the world and that more uber progressive side of the, of the party. Now, one could hope that that creates conflict within themselves as more time goes about. Will he stick to those more progressive plans that whether it be with free health care and free this and free that? And if he doesn't, will his feet be held to the fire by that progressive wing of that party? But I'm not as just been out of shape about, let's say, a Democrat presidency. And if all goes according to plan, you have a Senate or, or a, a House, let's say, maintained by way of the Republicans. I think there's going to be a lot of gridlock in that regard, which and is a, good, which is a good, which is a very good positive thing. thing. So if you are more more conservative and you think that everything is going to be bad because of that, that is the silver lining, let's say, of all of this that you can take into consideration and say, well, at least that part of Congress, we, you know, we, we have a, a hold of that and there's going to be a lot of clash, which may stop things from passing that are just crazy. And the little. problem is, is that it's going to come down to Georgia. And if the Republicans don't hold at least one of those Senate seats out of the two, they lose control of the Senate. If they don't have the House, they lose control of the Senate. Um, they will. I mean, you know what? The most disturbing thing I heard this weekend is not from Ocasio-Cortez or anybody. It was from Chuck Schumer. He said, we've got to win those seats in Georgia. And when we do, that's when we change America. I'm sorry, but this was the problem that I had with, um, uh, with, with Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Most Americans don't want change. 
What they'd like is restoration, a cleanup of all the corruption, but they don't want to change America. You don't buy the Mona Lisa and say, oh, I love this. If I could just change your smile, so I'm going to change. You don't. You would restore it. If you love something, you restore it and take care of it and clean up the problems. They're going for change again. Mm. But do you think that works against them when you consider, I, I was, I forget what her name, a doctor that was saying that she didn't know that, yeah. that Joe Dr. Biden. idiot. Yes, it yeah. was, was, uh, pro, was pro-lockdown. And she wouldn't have voted for him if that was the case. So I think, again, we'll, as we move more to hope and change, which a lot of people don't necessarily want, you, you, you're speaking to the choir there, but do you think that will Democrats that, let's say, supported so them would be like, no more. Yeah, so here's the thing that I think. When I said earlier on, that's why America voted for Joe Biden. Because if you look at the down ballots, they didn't go with the Marxist progressive thing. All across the country, in California, they rejected all of this crazy woke crap. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that tells you something. And what it tells me is what the American people were actually saying when they were voting for Joe Biden, not all of them, but enough, was I just want the madness to stop. I want somebody who's just a little normal at the helm. They didn't want the rest, but I don't think they understood the rest because the media was so corrupt. The problem is going to be he's too old to fight. He's not he's not on the top of his game. Um, And all of the power and money that came from this came from the teachers unions, the labor unions, all of the I mean, there was an article today where it just dawned on Vox that I think the Democrats were using Black Lives Matter. You think you think so those groups, they want what was promised to them. They want their pound of flesh and. You saw it with Antifa this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about Donald Trump anymore. They're talking about Joe Biden yep. and burning the whole thing down. If they're betrayed this time, it's over. I agree. It, well, some of that footage is terrifying. Terrifying. So a lot of people have been upset because they haven't heard a lot from people in leadership positions saying, hey, give Donald Trump his day in court. But South Dakota Republican Governor Kristi Noem, she told ABC News host George Stephanopoulos on Sunday that that President Trump does need to have his day in court the same way that Al Gore got his in 2000. We have a clip. This is a premature conversation because we have not finished counting votes. There are states that have not been called. And back in 2000, Al Gore was given his day in court. We should give President Trump his day in court. Let the process unfold. No you look at what happened in Michigan. Fraud, Governor. Uh, That's that we very had different. computer glitches that changed Republican votes to Democrat votes. You look in Pennsylvania, dead people voted in Pennsylvania. So George, I don't know how widespread it is. I don't know if it'll change the outcome of the election. But why is everybody so scared just to have a fair election and find out? Uh, We gave Al Gore 37 days to run the process before we decided who was going to be president. Why would we not afford the 70 point six million Americans Mm -hmm. that voted for President Trump the same consideration? Okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem. She says, why wouldn't we give the consideration for the 70 million Americans? No. This is the end of all trust in America. If you don't come down, I'll accept. I'll accept the results one way or another. If you are counting and I've already kind of resigned myself to it's probably not going to happen. And I'm not like, ooh, there's a chance we could. If the Republicans were found to be cheating, 
I'd tear them apart. I'd tear them apart. We cannot have a lack of faith in our voting process. This is the first time we've ever voted this way. We should probably do an autopsy on it to see how did it perform? Because I don't know if we're ever going back. So let's find out what we did wrong. It may not change a single vote, but it's only right for the American people. So all 350 million of us can say, yeah, I believe that we generally get it right. So why do you think the left is fighting so hard to keep? Because they know how they would have done it. Mm. See, this is the, the narrative is really important. And it was important, I think, for Fox News to lead it for the left. Um, Fox News went, went way out of its way to call the uh, Pennsylvania and call, I think, Arizona, Arizona way out of their way. They were way up front. I think that was part of the narrative, but also the um, the Murdochs, et cetera, et cetera, at Fox saying, we're not going to be a problem. We are not going to be holding on to this. We're with you. Um, then the narrative started spilling out after Alito on Saturday says we're not going to uh, or we have to have these votes pulled out. We have to look at it. They should have never called, but they did call it. They did call it. And now they've set the stage where he's had the acceptance speech in the minds of Americans. He's now president. It's like possession is nine tenths of the law. Mm -hmm. There's been no official anything. Okay, this count is not coming from the government. It's not there's no official anything that comes in a couple of weeks. There's nothing official yet. It's the media making sure that they've announced a winner. Right, operating on perception is reality. Exactly right. And if Trump doesn't come up with something substantial soon in the next few days, he will lose any momentum he could have had. Right. Well, we've got more to come. We're going to talk about the uh, coronavirus vaccine next. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So here's how easy home title theft is. The legal titles to our homes, they're digitized and kept on government and business servers and in the cloud where they can be hacked. And a cyber thief finds your home's title, forges your signature on a quick claim deed stating that you sold your home to him and then it's done. He takes out loans against your home until all your equity's gone and leaves you in debt and you won't know until the collection calls pour in. You're not protected by insurance, by your bank or common identity theft programs, but Home Title Lock will protect you. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title, and the instant they detect tampering, they help shut it down. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim, and then use code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back in a minute. So the pharmaceutical company Pfizer, they say its developmental vaccine for COVID-19 may be 90% effective at inoculating people against the disease. Um, They announced this this morning. (laughs) The rate of effectiveness, it was calculated from 94 trial participants in a study involving over 43,000 subjects from all over the world. Now, they say that they plan to apply for emergency use authorization from the FDA later this Mm. month for passing certain safety thresholds. But what's interesting about this story, too, uh, despite striking an agreement with the Trump administration back in July to participate in Operation Warp Speed, 
a federal initiative to hasten the development and mass creation of the vaccine. Uh, the company is now attempting to distance itself from the program. We were never part of the warp speed. Katherine Jansen, a senior vice president. They were on the board. She's saying we've never taken any money from the U.S. government Natural. or two from billion anyone. dollars. <laughs> so Trump, uh, they launched the Operation Warp Speed um, uh, mission back in May, I believe. He was predicting that the vaccine would be available by the end of the year. Now, likely, if it is available, it won't be widely available for some time because early doses are going to be rationed among the most vulnerable populations. Do you remember well. when Joe Biden said, um, what was it? Folks, there's no miracle. No, no, no vaccine is coming around the corner. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That was just two weeks ago. Yeah. And and Donald Trump, and I believe in the last month, he has mentioned Pfizer by name and said, there, we're close to something. Pfizer is one of those companies. That was it's a big close. talking point at yeah. the debate. Exactly. They were right. arguing that at the debate. That Folks. And, and he was Trump was telling them like, no, it's it's it's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. it's coming. Folks, there's no miracle coming. <laughs> Remember the dark, bleak winter because we didn't have one. And I'll tell you this. Pfizer's not only lying. They were on the board. They were an advisory board. They had membership of the advisory board of Operation Warp, Warp Speed. Donald Trump has talked about Pfizer several times. The government paid them $2 billion in advance for any vaccine that they might have. Okay, They gave that $2 billion to every company that was involved in any of this, that had the potential. For them to say they didn't take any money uh, and they weren't part of this, this is a mega company holding it. They didn't get up over the weekend and go, what? We have a vaccine? 43,000 people, they say, tested, Holy right? cow, yeah, we have that. Yeah. Oh, man, we just missed that election, too. <laughs> they knew. They knew. They held it. And now what are they doing? Now they're coming out and they're even distancing themselves further mm -hmm. because, well, that's what Fox News did. That's what Pfizer does. That's what you have to do if you're going to survive in today's world. Now, just I'm curious, would either of you feel comfortable taking the vaccine? No, no, absolutely not. You like you think I'm taking that and growing a baby leg or something out of my <laughs> neck because of whatever. Like, there's no way that this has been tested for a long extended period of time. Supposedly, you just found out that this was a, a, a novel coronavirus. So I'm certainly not going to be the guy lying to go to jail that. on this. Yes, that's yeah. when I crossed the line. That's, uh, don't you think that's a line? Oh, yeah. that's absolutely worth it. Oh, yeah. lines long ago. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. That's one of them. Yeah. If they come and say you cannot work, you cannot go anywhere, most people will take it. Mm -hmm. Out of the 70 million people that know what we're facing on an authoritarian government uh, in store for us, most of them, when push comes to shove, will go, I'll take it. You can't. If you want to, that's great. Mm -hmm. But the government cannot inject things into you um, and and uh, and force you to do it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Dr. Zeke Emanuel. <laughs> He's an oncologist, uh, mm -hmm. one of the 10 advisory board members named to Democratic President-elect Joe Biden's Love coronavirus him. task force. Now, he argued back in 2014 in an essay that he doesn't want to live past 75. He's 63 years old now. He wrote that by 75, creativity, originality, and productivity are pretty much gone for the vast, vast majority of us. And the essay was titled, Why I Hope I Die at 75. Uh, keep in mind, Biden is 77. So very interesting that Biden 
appointed him. It was a very, it was a very depressing essay. Uh, no, he is a guy. I've done my homework. Zeke Emanuel is is our Adolf Eichmann. He is. Um, he is a terrifying guy. He was in the Obama administration. He developed what's called the complete live system. When you talked about death panels, that's not happening. Yes, yes. It's part of the Obama plan because Zeke Emanuel developed it. It's called the complete live system. And it means from zero to, I think, seven or ten, you get very little uh, money for your medicine if you're between those ages. At birth, almost no money. Okay, let them die. From, I think it's 15 to 30, you get the lion's share of money because you're the producer. Okay, this is the German, how many potatoes do you have to produce to be a solid citizen? Uh, after 40, 40 to, I think it's 55, you're third in line, 55 or 60 plus, you're done. You're just done. You're back to the baby scale because you've already lived your life. That's what death panels are. That's what this guy has done. And this guy is terrifying. He is serious when he says there's no value to life after 75. Well, Zeke, you can think that all you want, but you don't force me into something where I don't live after 75 because I'm waiting for my golden years of 75, 85, 95. I, I want it. Well, he, he says Americans seem to be obsessed with exercising, doing mental puzzles, consuming various juice and protein concoctions, sticking to strict diets and popping vitamins and supplements, all in a valiant effort to cheat death and prolong life as long as possible. Well, yeah. I mean, how could Biden think that this is a good idea? Yeah, I don't know where he was going with that. And I don't know what the argument uh, certainly is there as if. You know, my grandmother lived to be 90 uh, or so, and um, I, I have one that's still still living, and she's getting up there in age. Both of them were always walking around doing their thing, loving their, their absolute life. And to hear someone say something like that and definitely be in a position of power and a position of government, of course that has to be scary because you know they lead with that in terms of their policy. That's not anything that just goes away where they're like, well, I don't necessarily believe that or that won't impact where it is that, um, you know, my, my approach to government or my approach to policy, you know, that's going to be something that they lead with. But no, no, someone that's making some sort of claim because people want to live longer. That's what life is about. Um, I think that kind of speaks to the approach of the coronavirus as well, where you have a lot of people in leadership positions that want you to be cooped up in the house that don't want you to live that's what they lead with like stay cooped up don't don't live uh, your life don't take any risk don't do anything just sit up and shrivel in a little ball and die so that's par for the course as it's far very companies are scrooge are there no workhouses mm -hmm. you know it's it's get them out of here get them out of here yep. let them die so they're sick, they're old, they're of no use. It is a German philosophy. It is, that is the, that's the root of everything that we saw manifest itself in, uh, in the fascistic world of uh, Germany in the 1930s. This guy is very well respected. He is, he was in the Obama White House. He is quoted all the time. This guy, along with somebody like Robert Reich, who is also on the cabinet of Obama, and I expect him to be around Joe Biden. Those two together are extraordinarily dangerous. Yeah, I, 
I want to keep all of the people over 75. They've got the wisdom. That's who I want to oh, spend yeah, my time comp- around. They said that Donald Trump didn't care about old people. He's killing them. Why yeah. would you put this guy up? Exactly. Yeah. All right, so we have more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, AR500 Armor. Because, folks, we've seen a lot this year that we never imagined, from a pandemic affecting our daily lives to chaos happening right in the heart of our own communities. And all of this chaos, it's prompted families just like yours to consider getting a firearm for the first time. In fact, the National Shooting Sports Foundation reported in August that 5 million Americans purchased a firearm for the very first time this year. So if you are one of those families or you're considering firearms to protect your family, I want to implore you to also consider protecting yourself with body armor. Shopping for ballistic armor may seem like something you never thought you'd have to do. It's something we never thought we'd have to do for our own reporters here as they cover the chaos happening across the country. But AR500 Armor, it makes buying body armor easy, approachable, and affordable. Right now, you can take advantage of all the special pricing that they have going on. They have specials on nearly every one of their most popular products. And now really is the best time to start preparing to ensure you and your family are protected. So go to ar500armor.com y to see all of their current promotions and use code Y for 20% off anything in their entire store. So plan now for how to protect yourself and your family. Get yourself the body armor we trust from AR500 Armor at ar500armor.com slash why. A lot of us were feeling pretty emotional this weekend, but I'll tell you who is really feeling some strong emotions. People who work in the mainstream media, and we have a great montage of all those special moments. Character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. I don't know why I'm crying so much, but what got me choked up was the picture of the cab driver. And so I'm very emotional. So when you ask me how I'm feeling right now, I'm sorry. That's all I can tell you. This is how I feel right now. Nobody knows what it feels like as a black man um, to be able to speak in this moment. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers. Oh, my God. Back up for no reason. Me too. I started crying again when I heard the bell from Paris. I keep crying. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> Go away from me. You're going to make me cry. We don't care who you are. We don't care if you voted for us or not. This is vindication for a lot of people. Who have really suffered. Oh, my God. Okay, oh, so my gosh. I was being oh. sarcastic about those special moments. I mean, what are your thoughts on the first media's all, tearful reaction? First there? of all, Stephen Colbert used to make fun of me because I cried on the air when I was outlining the 912 project. And I said, look, and I got choked up and I said, I'm sorry. I just fear for my country. And he mocked relentlessly mocked me. I believe Van Jones was part of that. They relentlessly mocked me for being emotional on the air. And now, now, even though, you know, I read a story that said it's the brave 70 million that stood up and went to vote for Joe Biden. That's not brave. That's the culture. Brave is standing against the culture, not for the culture. Mm -hmm. You've got all the power in the world. You know, 
they're feeling this way, they wouldn't even acknowledge that that's the way we felt. You know, when we when when uh, Trump won, they couldn't acknowledge that and say, wow, how do they feel this way? And they aren't acknowledging that that's the way 70 million people feel now on the other side. I am afraid. So how do you think they're going to handle not having Trump to talk about? No, wait, wait, wait. No, I want to hear your comment on because you're (laughs) no one can relate to what it feels like to be a black man. That was what got me. And looking at that, whoever that brother was, as well as Van Jones, is something that really pisses me off because and I've spoke and people that have watched my videos or seen my my show or anything, you know, that's something that I'm really passionate about. They present these black men, these weaklings, as if that's exactly what it is that we are, that we have this religious cling to to the state and that something like that, as far as an election, would just send us into a, a place that we just could not control our emotion. Notice none of them are speaking anything that's regarding to policy, like what exactly changes this all rhetoric. It's meaningless. It's hollow. It doesn't have any substance to what it is that they're say- saying. But they ha- I have a, a big time issue because I had been arguing with people over the weekend about that same exact point where folks were just they, they uh, wrongfully obviously assumed that I supported Trump. But more so this idea that because of this, I was supposed to support Joe Biden and that is the way that we're supposed to that's the way that we're supposed to act because I guess Joe Biden was the guy that was going to lead us into absolute freedom never mind that this same side that had been lecturing the other about old white folk and and cops just voted both of those in you have Kamala Harris out there with her 1800 plus marijuana convictions and ruining people's lives in that regards but you can package anything in the name of social justice and get away with enslaving a populace essentially but that whole bit about well I'm as a black man you have no no I woke up and I looked at that election and I look at Joe Biden as a as a threat and, and Kamala Harris as the threat that they absolutely are. And I, as a black person, do not see anything positive out of that. So let, miss me with that garbage. Let me re- let me reverse this. Saturday, I'm in my art studio. My wife said, Fox just called the election. Do you want to watch? And I'm like, no. And then a little while later, Joe Biden's going to speak. And I said, just turn it on. I don't know how much I can take. Okay, so I'm listening and I'm listening to Kamala Harris and she's saying, uh, you know, it's finally uh, the world all knows that anyone can make it. And I'm thinking, why the hell is she saying? Why is she saying that? It didn't even I didn't. It played such a little role in this election that it wasn't until she was given her speech. And of course, I've thought about it before when she was talking about a little girl in the bus and all that crap. But when she was given her speech, it meant so little to me, her color or her gender, that it didn't even occur to me why this was a big deal. It was the first time I went, oh, wow, we've got a woman and a black woman Mm -hmm. who is vice president. And how the hell do you call this country racist? How do you call it? How can you possibly say that you can't make their whole message that night was in America? You can do anything. Well, that's new. <laughs> that's new coming from you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. The two of you today, man, y'all are fired up. I'm loving it. 
All right, so then let's talk a little bit about the celebrations that took place after they announced Biden and Kamala as the uh, president and vice president-elect. So there were a lot of large crowds of Biden supporters partying at the Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington, D.C. Then there were some other groups there that weren't in such a festive mood. Um, there were some black-clad demonstrators, many of them holding umbrellas, marching that way, and they held a large sign that read, Free the People, Fight the Power, F the police, defund, disarm, disband. They had another sign that said, burn down the American plantation. And then the mob was chanting, F Trump, F Biden, no more presidents. Mm. So the group demanded that the Biden supporters raise their fists in solidarity and those that didn't would be labeled as ignorant, complacent, and just as racist as the police officers that are killing black people. Most people raise their hands, but we've got a clip for you. Just because Biden is in office! Just because Biden is in office! Does not mean that our struggle is over! Does not mean that our struggle is over! We challenge you! We challenge you! To raise your fist in solidarity! To raise your fist in solidarity! And look at those around you! And look at those around you! Okay, so they're in a cult, right? Like that, that is a cult. Let's call it what it is. It's Let's a call cult. it what it is. The hilarious thing is that a lot of them would probably make fun of people that are like Christian and, and worship Jesus Christ and, and what have you. And this is why I call them statheists and, and, and whatnot. But no, that absolutely is a cult. These people are, or this man or whoever is demanding. That the folks around you put your hands up and agree with essentially everything. No, not just agree. Say. Repeat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are t being told, repeat what I say. So you're affirming it in internally. You're, right. in, you're affirming what he's saying. And who in the crowd is not going to put their hand up? Who in the crowd is brave enough to not put their hand up at that point? That is basically everybody... You're being indoctrinated. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Here's the truth. Anybody who's a coward at any time, get them. Well, we have to go to break, but it will be really interesting to see if Biden's ever going to crack down on these kinds of riots now that a lot of that hate is directed at him. All right, going to break. We'll be back in just a minute. They like I said, uh, Obama had, he had enough sense So if you're on social media, you may have seen this. Um, two days after the presidential election, former presidential candidate Evan McMullen, who ran for office along with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump back in 2016, promoted the idea of making a list targeting those who backed Trump's call to investigate potential voter fraud. And then Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez jumped in agreeing, calling for someone to begin archiving statements by Trump psychophants. Now, McMullen tweeted, we should keep and publish a list of everyone who assists Trump's frivolous and dangerous attacks on the election, name and shame forever. And then Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, she said, you know, is anyone archiving these for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent probability of many deleted tweets, writings, photos in the future.
So let me uh, just say this. They are serious about this. This is something that is coming. There was a uh, op-ed, a conservative op-ed writer for The Washington Post that said these people should not be allowed to hold board positions for any company. They shouldn't be able to uh, hold any public office anymore, and they should be uh, publicly shamed and humiliated out of the public square. That is, this is, you know, we had the Red Scare in the 1950s. This is the Red Scare. It's just not communist red. It's just conservative red. They are making everyone who is a conservative afraid. And you know what? You should be. If these people actually start to take these steps and keep lists, you should be. Well, it actually inspired the formation of a group where they are making a list of anyone who ever, who ever represented Trump. Do you think, Eric, this is the start of something terrifying? Well, I don't put it past these guys to do exactly that. And I'm willing to bet there's going to be people, I people like me, that don't even support them and, and will end up on that sort of sure. list. They demand allegiance. And this is why I've been saying throughout the election cycle, for including my fellow libertarians to try to act as if both sides of this are exactly the same. They will be being dishonest. They'll be intellectually lazy. One side, as I'd mentioned before, they can do whatever it is they want. There's not a whole lot of social consequence to wearing at the time a Biden Harris shirt. Now you put on the red hat. MAGA, you may have to throw hands with someone because they are that irate. Mm -hmm. So they demand allegiance. They will come for your job. They will come for your livelihood. And they're just saying the quiet parts out loud. These are things that they had long been thinking of, but now they're openly advocating for it. And the hilarious thing about all of this is that they still position themselves to be the humanitarian mm -hmm. wing of the of the plane, which is I, complete mm -hmm. bogusness. I talked to um, um, Dave Rubin two weeks ago. And, I, and we, we were talking about this Truth and Reconciliation Project. And I said, he's Jewish. And I said, Dave, I've never understood how German Jews didn't get out of Germany by 1935. Mm -hmm. How did you not do that? Um, they told you what they were going to do. I said, I didn't understand that until now. Because... When is the time to leave? And Dave said, probably now. If, if history is our guide, mm -hmm. they're telling us what they're going to do. They haven't enacted anything that will keep you pinned down into this country. You can still go to other countries, but soon you may lose that ability. They could say, were you part of the Trump thing? Were you part of, uh, were you part of uh, the conservative movement there? Because Europe doesn't understand us. They, the conservatives and the people on the right over there are Nazis, and that's the way they'll treat us. You could see refugees on a boat that are conservatives not being accepted in any country. Well, that's that's what makes this next next kind of moment so scary, too. Um, Biden's spokesperson, Kate Bedingfield, talked to Chuck Todd on NBC News and said that far left Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will not be disappointed with Joe Biden's plans as president-elect. So here's a clip. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said this in an interview about 
her expectations on how the Biden administration will be to the, to the left of the party. And she says the history of the party tends to be that we get really excited about the grassroots to get elected, and then those communities are promptly abandoned right after an election. Um, let me ask you this. Do you believe that she's going to be disappointed uh, or not when she sees the agenda of the Biden administration in the first six months? No, I think I think that Vice President Biden campaigned on an incredibly progressive and aggressive agenda. Good, Take a look, for example, at his climate is 10 plan. Feet away. It's the boldest, biggest uh, climate plan that's ever been put forward by, uh, you know, by a nominee running for president and, and now a president-elect. He's going to make good on those commitments. So do you think that means that Biden is more progressive than he was letting on? No, and the deal has already been made. They made a deal when they got everybody else to drop out. He made a deal with Bernie. Sanders. They said it on. They said it together. Bernie came out and he's like, we got an incredible deal. Didn't get everything we wanted, but we got an incredible deal. Got to get on the Biden train. And everyone did. This has all been done. Did you hear his speech where he's like, and teachers unions, teachers unions, I want you to know you got me here. I'm, I'm here and you will get your payment or your payback or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep those promises. They will. Well, and he's already talking about the Paris Climate Agreement and all of those things. And I mean, he's already been very upfront with a lot of things that he wants to do the second that he gets in the White House. I mean, since when did politicians have to please Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Well, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> they recognize that maybe they didn't at first that that's the future of the party. Like, um, I know a lot of people laughed her off as a joke. Talked about it on the show that that was a mistake for a lot of conservatives to do because she was representative of definitely my age and younger. She is. And actually, we are the exact same age. And a lot of people that are coming in with those progressive politics. So it was a mistake to laugh her off because it's, she might not be calling the shots yet, mm-hmm. but she is uh, she's pretty close. To yeah, it. yeah, exactly. She's, she's pretty, pretty close. close to it. Doesn't seem pretty like she's close. going anywhere. All right. We've got to go to break. We'll come back with our question of the day. Stick around. Give her 10 years and she's absolutely. Nancy Pelosi. Absolutely. absolutely. We asked you on Friday, will Nancy Pelosi remain Speaker of the House? 74.9% of you said no. Mm. What do you guys think about that? I think yes. She's not going anywhere. Like I said, she's like the glitter of the political. She just sticks around, hangs around, can't get rid of her. All right. Today, our question is, do you still trust the integrity of the election process? I'm pretty sure I know how this table will answer. (laughs) I have no trust in it. That's why I want to see the autopsy. That's why I think we should take this seriously. Every charge that was given. Don't count. Don't don't say he gets to count in this county and then that county like Al Gore wanted to do. Do an actual recount, look at everything, and restore the faith. If it was if it was good, great. If it was bad because of Democrats, prosecute. If it was bad because of Republicans, prosecute. Mm-hmm. Bad because of both of them, prosecute. Right. Clean this up. We have to have faith. Yeah, I mean, if they didn't want to find, that's what I've obviously never trusted the, the the election anyway. But certainly, when you look how aggressively, definitely the Democrats are when it comes to this and that. They, they just don't want any of this nope. to get uncovered. Mm-hmm. You have to look at that. I don't care what side of the aisle that you're on. You have to say, well, that's a little little weird because, I mean, what's the worst that can 
that can happen is that maybe we do find people on the other side that have been playing the wrong game. You know, that's the worst that can happen. But wait a minute. What is the worst thing right. that can happen? Have they been doing this for a longer extended period of period of time or did they know you talked about it and you said that if this was close, the longer that this extended, as far as that, if he didn't get a commanding lead, the better it worked for Mr. Biden. Mm -hmm. We saw that. So maybe they're in. All right, Eric, if people want to follow you, where can they go? At Eric DeJuly on Twitter or EricDeJuly.com. You know. Awesome. And Glenn, you've got some good stuff coming up for us this Great week. Great stuff uh, this week for Wednesday and, of course, tomorrow, the radio show. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Yeah, I really feel like most Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.